Welcome to our online service this morning. We're so glad you joined us. We hope you had a very Merry Christmas and we look forward to seeing you in the new year. By the way, we have a service on January 2nd, but there'll be only one service beginning at 9.30 a.m. After that, come on out to the lawn and join us in having brunch. We'll have lawn games, crafts, and a very special giveaway. We'll see you there.
Well, welcome to worship. I hope you had a wonderful uh, Christmas celebration uh, with family, friends, wherever you were, with whomever you were. I hope it was a wonderful day to remember uh, everything our God has done uh, to fulfill his promises to us in Christ. And now we uh, can't help but look to the year ahead as we wind up this year, uh, 2021, and we transition into 2022. Uh, I I ask myself and I ask you this question. Uh, what has the past year been like for you? Uh, awesome, awful, or just another year? Uh, I, can some, I can think of some parts of this year that have been awesome. Uh, I can think of some parts of this year that have been pretty awful. And, and I look forward then saying to, uh, Lord, uh, show me what I can learn from the year behind and what I can apply then uh, in the year ahead. Uh, God has given us each a gift. It's called the present. It's called the present. We all know that. Sometimes we focus on the past or future to the exclusion of the present. We're so wrapped around the axle about where we've been and what's happened to us, what we've done, or we're so anxious uh, about, uh, excited perhaps, about the future. But we need to live in the present, in the very presence of God, present to the people God has brought into our lives, present to the situations that we need to engage and, and deal with. Otherwise, we get stuck in the past and worry too much about the future. Reflect on where you've been and focus on where you want to go uh, this week, especially as we move from the final Sunday of the year uh, into the first Sunday of the new year. Uh, Look back to remember how far you've come by God's grace. Look back and say, Lord, I have come so far through your grace. Look forward and ask, what must I do now to embrace what's next? Not, gee, do I have what it takes to make things happen? No. Are you willing to embrace what comes next? Yes, you'll be making decisions. You'll be making choices. But you need to embrace life. Otherwise, we spend too much time trying to wrangle it into submission, (laughs) trying to wrestle it for our own purposes, rather than seeing God's purposes in it as we embrace it. So pause daily to think, to dream, to pray. A dreaming, daydreaming is not wasted time. It's an imaginative way of thinking about where you've been, where you are, where you want to go, where you think God's leading you to go. It's a wonderful way to look back and see how far you've come and to look forward and say, I can't wait what I'm going to learn from you, Lord, uh, in the company of other people uh, this year. And so, Lord, how have you led me? Uh, How have you guided me? How have you protected me? How have you surprised me? How have you sustained me? Ask those questions. I'll, I'll say those again. Uh, Ask the Lord how he has led you, how he has guided you, how he has protected you, how he has surprised you, and how he has sustained you. And if you can't think of many examples of that, you might say, Lord, I have to apologize to you for not paying more attention to your word, uh, to those occasions when I was worshiping you or discussing my faith uh, uh, with other people. Uh, Ask the question of yourself, Lord, what do I really need to hold on to? that's right, good, and true, that I'm so tempted and maybe pressured um, to let go of out of fear, out of uh, social peer pressure. Uh, And then what's holding me back? Again, what are the fears and anxieties that I have about stepping out in faith, uh, changing uh, my routine to do some things that I think will help me grow closer to you and and, uh, use the gifts that you've entrusted to me uh, wisely? Uh, Ask yourself the question, what do I need to let go of to move forward in my life? Hurts, resentments, grudges, 
Let them go. One of the things uh, you might want to do and need to do is to process grief and loss. The last several years have been deep, deep experiences of grief and loss for us in many ways. Grief and loss, uh, natural, inevitable parts of life, but we need to process grief and loss. Remember that grief, grief and loss is a series of loops. It's not a line. Oh yeah, this, 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 and this. No, uh, you keep replaying grief and loss. And as you replay it, in, in different seasons of your life, you need to then say, okay, what am I learning right now about letting go, accepting, applying the lessons I've learned from this process of grief and loss? So don't be amazed or disappointed or discouraged if you find that I thought I'd dealt with this grief and loss, I'd put it to rest, and now it's, it's, it's mugging me in real time. You just say, okay, here's a situation where I need to then say, as I, as I remember, as I think about it, as I get in touch with feelings related to whatever I'm grieving over, whatever losses I've experienced, uh, I can see God's hand on my life uh, in ways that I can then accept it, uh, not deny it, uh, embrace it, and come to understand it as part of what God is doing in me and through me. So focus on recovery and discovery. Recovery is getting over stuff. Discovery is moving on. 12-step uh, programs are big on recovery, not so much on discovery. And this is where the Word of God is so important to us. I want to recover from, from bad choices or bad patterns in my life. Well, you can't do that just by denying them or talking about them incessantly, but by applying some kind of a structure. And the 12-step is a fantastic structure. But so is a life group. So are spiritual disciplines that allow you not just to recover, but to discover. What is it that God wants me to know about Him and about me and about life? Celebrate whatever progress you've made in the past year. It hasn't been all bad. Some good things have happened. You might have to look more closely to find those things. But if you reflect long enough, you'll say, you know, I have some really wonderful things that I can thank God for and celebrate, uh, and, and things that I've made progress in in the past year. Um, how have you grown in the past year, and how have you grown, right? We can groan over things, but we can grow through things. God designed us to grow through life, not just to go through life. That's not just a trite cliche. It's easy to go through life and not want to feel too much, not want to deal with too much. But until we accept and embrace and understand who we are and what we're experiencing, we don't have the means then to see this is actually an opportunity to grow. I don't just have to go through with my head down. I can open my eyes wide, my heart open to the Lord, my hands open to Him saying, Lord, what is it that you want to do to help me grow? through it, otherwise it would be a very difficult uh, time. How about this? What have you overcome or endured? What can you say, wow, I didn't believe I could overcome that. I didn't know that I could endure that. What are you learning and discovering? So celebration is how we express gratitude for things great and small. They all count. Celebration isn't just putting a happy face on bad things. It's saying, in the midst of some bad things, what are some of the things that I can embrace and realize these are really good gifts in the midst of a very difficult time? I remember the story about a small boy who was given a box of manure as a gift. And at first uh, he thought, hmm, this is kind of a strange gift, a box of horse manure. But then he thought about it, that, hey, where there's manure, there's a pony. So he turned that into a celebration of, I'm going to look for the pony. I'm going to seek out the pony that this manure belongs to. 
that, again, that's not denying reality. It's saying there might be a larger reality framing the reality that I'm being presented in, in the moment. And so as we celebrate, that sets us up to also renovate. To recognize the good things and the fact that God is with us and nothing and no one can separate us from his love allows us to say, okay, so how do I get to work out of the context of God's goodness and some of the things I've been experiencing that have helped me grow and made me stronger, made, made me more wise, made me more patient, have, have increased the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So what are some of the things I need to address and do differently? We call that renovation. There's celebration and renovation is also important. What do I need to really take a look at and, and, and create some new patterns around, new ideas about, new ways of seeing my life? So what needs repairing or, or reconditioning or just removal from your life? What do you need to repair? What do you need to recondition? What do you need to remove in your life? Now, some things you just have to live with. You can't remove everything you don't like. But there are some things you can remove. Some things you can, re, uh, you can recondition and repair. Uh, Clean the barnacles off your boat, basically. If you're a boater, you understand this. If you're not, just go with me on this metaphor and this analogy. Uh, barnacles are small creatures that adhere to the bottom of your boat. And man, they are hard to get off. And, and the more you have, the more you get. And pretty soon, your boat is weighed down with barnacles. And they're hard to clean once you get enough of them. But you must clean them off your boat. Why? If not, uh, you have too much drag on your boat. Your boat is unresponsive. No matter what kind of boat you have, a, a, a canoe, a rowboat, a kayak, uh, a beautiful sailboat. So clean the barnacles off your boat. Seek help in removing the inevitable clutter in your life, the emotional clutter, the physical clutter, uh, the bad ideas, uh, the bad messages that you keep giving yourself, the bad messages you keep allowing other people to give you. Get some help with removing those, cleaning those out. If you do, you're going to reduce the drag in your life. Uh, you're going to increase your cruising speed. You're going to improve your maneuverability. It's about embracing reality and seeing that God works within reality to transform us in the midst of the reality that we're experiencing. You can't change circumstances as much as you can change your way of dealing with them. And eventually you find that you can even sometimes change your circumstances because you've changed your point of view. This is what it means to celebrate and to renovate. The Bible calls this process really a repentance that leads to renewal. Repentance is simply recognizing and calling sin what it is, calling uh, the, the deep feelings we have what they are, owning them, confessing them to God. And as we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He gives us a fresh heart, a fresh renewed spirit. He strengthens our soul. He he allows us to have our head up and eyes wide open to the mercies and tender mercies of God. And so it's a repentance that leads to renewal, a fresh way of experiencing uh, life. And so repentance uh, is an antidote to resentment, ruin, and regret. If you don't repent, you resent. And it leads you to worse decisions that lead to ruin. And then bad decisions over time make you regret what you've done and how you've done it. Repentance is about going in the right direction, turning from something and turning to something. Literally, the word uh, repentance is metanoia, turning around, going in God's direction. And it's the continuous cleansing and course correction that we make in following Jesus. 
Well, Lord, I don't know if I can do that. No, you can't do that. But your, the Holy Spirit will allow you to make a decision that will give you the power to do that. You'll get staying power, not just straying power, as you take God seriously through His Word and His Spirit and His people. Who in your life is holding you accountable? And who's supporting you? Support says, I believe you can do it. And accountability says, well, how will you do it? When will you do it? It put legs on our thoughts. It turns our imaginary thoughts into imaginative thoughts that can actually change reality and experience of life. And so repentance is realigning with the Lord and realigning with His purposes for you. The Bible tells us about God's purposes. He wants us to live fully. Uh, he wants to have a, a clear conscience. He wants us to speak the truth in love. He wants us to learn how to say yes and no. He wants to uh, get us out of our comfort zone to say, Lord, I'll follow you into places that might be a little bit uncomfortable for me, but that's where I'm going to grow and where I can make a contribution to other people's capacity to grow. See, He wants to bless you and me to be a blessing to other people. Not to earn His love, but to express His love in tangible ways. And so it's remembering that you are a beloved child of God. At the end of the day, that's your primary identity. I'm a loser. No, you're not. You're a beloved child of God. Maybe you've lost some things. Uh, I, I'm a disaster. No, you're a child of God, a beloved child of God. And maybe you've made some decisions that are disastrous. You can recover from those. And so this notion that I'm a child of God sets me up to say, then, if you're my loving Heavenly Father, I will trust you and I will obey you. And when I fail at that, I'll keep turning back to you because that's the only place uh, that I will ever find life in all its fullness. And so it's the first step and the next step and the continuous steps of receiving and recovering a better version of your life because that's the life you were made for, the better version that reflects God's presence in it and you fully developed and you fully alive in Him. So God has been at work caring for you this past year. Can you see it? Are you going to take time to see it? Every season has something to teach us, so pay attention to phases and stages. Well, it's just a phase I'm going through. Well, then don't waste it. Pay attention to it. Well, it's just a stage I'm going through. Then live fully in it. Don't yearn for the past stage, the last stage, or the next stage. Be focused on what is going on in this season of your life. Let me tell you a story. Uh, there was a man uh, who had four children, and he wanted them to learn not to judge things too quickly. Sometimes it's easy to rush to, to decisions. I'm bad, they're bad, it's bad. Then we might miss the fuller picture of what's going on. And so he sent each of them in turn to go and look at a pear tree that was a great distance away. It was a long, arduous journey, but he knew where this pear tree was and he told them how to get there and sent them on their mission to see it. Each one in turn, uh, all four of his kids. And the first kid he sent in the winter, the second child he sent in the spring, the third in the summer, and the, the youngest one he sent in the fall. So each went at a different season to see this pear tree. What year end he called them together to describe the tree they had traveled so far to see. Tell me about it. Well, the first kid said, that tree was ugly. It was bent. It was twisted. It's probably fit only for firewood. Whoa, that's pretty grim. And the second one, though, said, no, it was covered with green buds and full of promise. I think something good was happening in that tree. It looked really hopeful, with great potential to me. And the third disagreed. He said, no, no, the tree I saw was laden with blossoms. It smelled so sweet and looked so beautiful. It was probably the most graceful thing I've ever seen. I don't know what tree you saw, but that's the one I saw. 
And then the last child agreed with all of them, disagreed with all of them. And she said, it was ripe and <laughs> drooping with fruit, full of life and fulfillment. I couldn't wait to try the pear. And then the father explained to his children that they had each seen the same tree, but only one season of that tree is life. Because one went in the fall, one went in the winter, one went in the spring, and one went in the summer. He told them not to judge a tree, not to judge themselves, not to judge any person by only one season. Instead, he said, you must see all of life in the larger context of time. He said, the severity of winter gives way to the promise of spring, the beauty of summer and the fulfilling harvest of fall. All are necessary and essential for the tree's fullest development and for its greatest fruitfulness. So what season of life are you at right now? What season are you in at this point in your life? Do you know? Do you have any idea? Can you guess? And usually it's not so easy to say, well, I'm in the fall, I'm in the winter, I'm in the spring, I'm in the summer. We're often in a mixture. So in the mixture of where you are, what's going on? If your life is a whole orchard of different kinds of trees, uh, what's being pruned, what's being prepared, what's being planted, what's being harvested, right? What season are you in, if you could pick one? And then what, what things are happening in you that give you an idea of the development of different aspects of your life or the people in your life? Sometimes because we're not in the same phase or stage or season of life as someone else, we judge them because we don't quite understand why they're doing what they're doing and how they're doing what they're doing. We judge ourselves because maybe we don't know how to respond when we're in a new situation, a different situation, a situation we've never seen before. Don't be too quick to judge was a lesson that that father wanted his children to learn. Understand each season in its own way, on its own terms. Make it count. Ask the Lord to help you understand it. Perhaps you'll come to see it as a gift from God rather than a waste of your time. Why did I spend any time with that tree? I didn't learn anything. Well, because you didn't really look and try to understand it on its own terms. Remember that you will make mistakes on your way to making a great life. It's inevitable. Time plus risk results in accidents. You take enough risks over time, there will be accidents but there will also be achievements. See, time plus risk also equals achievements, accomplishments. Accidents are inevitable, but wise counsel can help you minimize their effect and recover more quickly. But if you're not willing to go through those experiences over time and take risks, there might not be any accidents, but there will be no achievements and no accomplishments. There'll be just sort of nothing. An unfulfilled life. In fact, a disappointing life, a discouraging life. Life is an adventure, and life, unfortunately, is a battle. People are not our enemy. Uh, we have an enemy, Satan. Uh, he, he's God's enemy as well. Not equal to God, not as powerful as God, just rebellious and antagonistic toward God and toward his people. He has been crushed. He's been destroyed. Uh, eventually, uh, uh, we will be, be beyond any influence of Satan at all. But in the meantime, we need to keep our eyes on the Father because life is an adventure of discovery, recovery. It's also a battle. 
things we need to overcome and endure through, that we need to be wise to engage properly. So who are your partners and your companions in this adventure and in this battle? Who has your back? Who's on your side, each side? Who are you looking out for? Who are you cooperating with? Who are your colleagues? Who are your wise counselors? For whom are you a wise counselor? You can meet all those roles at any given time. You can be receiving wise counsel even as you're giving it. You can support people even as you're being supported by people. You can be leading even as you're following. Who do you listen to and learn from? Who do you confide in and collaborate with? Certainly the Lord, certainly in his word, but also in his people. We can't do it alone. We're not meant to do it alone. So spend some time this week praying about your 2022 goals, your, your deepest aspirations, uh, and, the, and the commitments that you'll form because of those goals and those aspirations. There's something in you that you think, I just want to do this better. I want to do this more. Uh, I want to avoid that. What does that look like for you? And then as you translate those into sentences, start with words, sentences, phrases, and then you build a little bit of a narrative. You can say, you know what? Here's a story I'm looking forward to in 2022. And be ready to edit it, uh, expand it, uh, to, to work on it as you go through the next year. Here's what helps me. I ask these three questions. What do I want to keep doing? Uh, what do I want to stop doing? What do I want to start doing? In fact, I've asked these uh, questions of people around me. What's one thing you'd like me to uh, keep doing? What's one thing you'd like me to stop doing? What's one thing you'd like me to start doing? Those are super helpful questions as we lay out a sense of, of, of planning and, and, and goal making and, and aspirational thinking about, wow, how could I be a good steward? That is, how could I be a good manager of everything God has entrusted to me? You are a unique, unrepeatable miracle of God's creativity. Now, that could just be happy talk that doesn't go anywhere. If we don't take time to say, okay, Lord, what would it look like for me to own it, to be responsible for what you've entrusted to me? What, Lord, do you want me to keep doing? What do you want me to stop doing? What do you want me to start doing? So who are you asking these questions of? And who are you allowing to ask these questions to you? Who will you this week say, hey, is, are there, here's three questions I'm asking you. What would you like me to, or you know me well enough, what, would you, what do you think I should probably consider stop starting or keep doing? And if somebody asks you, or maybe you want to volunteer, you've been in a conversation with somebody and you realize it's time to go a little bit deeper, and you might say, you know, here's one thing I would strongly encourage you to keep doing or, or to stop doing or to start doing. This, this makes us go deep in owning our own life and encouraging other people to own theirs. By ownership, I don't mean selfishly keeping it away from other people. I mean being able to take responsibility for ourselves under the authority of God so that we can act responsibly. That is, we can learn to respond appropriately and according to whatever season we're in and whatever opportunities or challenges we're facing. How does that sound to you? How does that feel to you? New or, wow, I've been doing that all along. This is very confirming. This is great affirmation. Whatever it is, if it's a new way of thinking, a new way of behaving, or it's something you're very comfortable with, make that your primary work as you enter into this new year. Not to control the year, but to embrace it fully, knowing that God is with you every step of the way. That's his incredibly wonderful promise to each and every one of us in Christ.
So I want to pray for you, and then I want to uh, encourage you uh, to uh, uh, let other people come into your life as you move into this next year. That you understand that God wants you to experience a better version of you in this next year. And that might be some hard work. It might be receiving some wonderful gifts. Be ready for all of it and any of it. Uh, I want to say one other thing. That is, join us for worship and brunch next Sunday. Uh, we're going to have a really uh, wonderful celebration of the past year and a, and a celebration as we move into the next year together. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts about the year behind you and the year ahead for you. I'll be sharing some thoughts on the year behind us and the year ahead of us. Uh, so it's going to be a really fun uh, worship service next week as we have one service at 9.30, and we have a wonderful brunch to celebrate, and then we're off into the new year. So right now, let me just pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for our brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you that you brought us into a community together. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us everything we need to do everything you want us to do, and that we somehow uh, are able to appropriate that as we uh, uh, read your, and study your word, as we pray uh, and respond to your Holy Spirit. As we gather with others in worship and conversation, uh, as we look beyond our own little comfort zone and look at the needs in the community around us, starting with our families and our network of friendships, but all the other needs we see in our, in our, our, our schools, our places of work, our community, and then around the world. I thank you, Lord, that you can give us a larger uh, vision of who we are in you, that we can, we can experience life that you have uh, created us and, and are saving us to experience. We pray all this in your high and holy name. Amen. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you, that you might reflect his glory one day at a time. May the Lord give you everything you need to do everything he's calling you to do and equipping you to do, both now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.